0: So hello and welcome to episode thirty-six of the Salopcast for this season. Myself Glynn and as usual Ollie and my friend. We are safe, isn't it a nice feeling? We are
1: safe. <laughs> it is a great feeling. It's nice to have something positive to, to, to talk about as well with a win. Yep, um, and three decent halves of football, I'd say, from Shrewsbury Town. Mm. Um, first half in Wigan wasn't so good, um, but yeah, I'm sure you're pleased as well, Glenn. It's nice to be safe. Um, mathematically, I was. I know you were a bit more confident um, but i just just always fear i remember a few years i remember when warsaw got relegated and they just you know fell like a stone I'm always, always just a <laughs> little bit um, worried. So, yeah, it's fantastic that it's no all sorted.
0: It is. It's, it's funny. I went round to my mum and dad uh, in between the last podcast and this one, and uh, obviously we called last week's podcast really bloody awful. And after we lost against Wigan, I was talking to my mum, and she was like, God, if we lose against Blackpool, you're going to have to call your podcast really, really bloody awful. And so I was a bit concerned <laughs> before kick-off against Blackpool we were going to have to head that way. But, um, yeah, a good performance in the end at Blackpool and and, and, and saw us safe. And, um, yeah, an interesting week, I suppose. You know, we, we're, we're going to touch on the usual things people playing for contracts and uh, you know wanting to see the youth players and we've obviously seen one this week so yeah sort of similar things to discuss but um, yeah also kind of um, more flashing ahead I suppose and um, more a bit more analysis on the game this week than those two terrible games last week Ollie.
1: Yep and talking of this um, talk so talking of performances Glenn, we've had a, a warning um, across shot across the barry from George Willis and he says I don't want to hear Salakas slacking off and relaxing just because we're safe now, hundred percent intensity and effort until the last kicked his ball. So you can't let you know main off, Glenn no. um, and and your other your other areas of focus until the season is <laughs> over. And actually, you'll come back to that because in the news section, you've got your favourite topic. So. Yeah, you'll definitely be continuing your intensity. Well, after
0: missing the podcast from being unwell the other week, and then uh, I'm going to have to miss the second game next week because I'm going away uh, yurting to this place which has got no Wi Fi coverage, no phone signal. It's like uh, this place the kids love to go out in the countryside. So, going there over the bank holiday weekend, Ollie. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be missing another game. Three out of six I'll have missed, Ollie. So, maybe I am on the beach already. I might actually you're
1: be. Harry Kane, you're always injured, man. <laughs>
0: I might actually be on the beach in Torquay. So, um, not Torquay, sorry, Temby. Got the wrong one. Yeah, so we're going near Temby. So, uh, I will probably be on the beach next weekend. But yeah, I'll be back for the last couple of games, Ollie. Full, full ball.
1: Cool. So yeah, let's get into the Wigan game.
0: Doherty gets it now. Sees the gap. And goes for it. Ambitious run. Wonderful hit. 2-0. What a goal. So the first game this week uh, was, was a bit of a shocker, I suppose, at points. Um, yeah, Shrewsbury Town 1, Wigan Athletic two um goal from ollie norburn um a rare goal this season unfortunately um and their goals through wilkeen and another ex-player goal in callum lang um just on half time so um so going into the game we've obviously only won one in the last six going into this game so our form was not um the best and uh, on the opposite side of it wigan had won their last three and a row. rowan i think we could probably tell that um on the way some of the game went um I just would say that's the first time, obviously, we won't to lose this game. Unfortunately, it's the first time we've lost three under Steve Cottrell, so um, unfortunately, not, not a record he'll have wanted. But um, I don't know, probably probably was going to come at some point, wasn't it, towards the end of the season? Um, but still, not the worst run of the season, Ollie, You'll be pleased to know. We did lose four in a row, if you remember, right at the start of the season. I think it was game six to ten in the league under Ricketts. So, yeah, we, we, we stopped that uh, four in a row from being repeated, so we can't do that bad again. And obviously, we haven't got enough games left now to do it um, between now and the end of the season. So, that's all good. And yeah, Callum Lang, um, fifth X player goal this season. Ollie, so we were only on two for ages, but um, recently we've had Doherty, Faye, and Lang score, um, and, and that adds to Carlton Morris and Vassal's goals earlier this season. And I think these players are getting too comfortable at the Meadow Ollie because the last four goals against us by an ex player um, have all been at the Meadow Ollie, so they obviously remember the good times they had there and uh, are starting to put us to the sword. Not ideal,
1: no, it's not <laughs> ideal. Um, yeah, playing again, and I, I went on a, a Wigan podcast. And I predicted a Wigan win, and I predicted Callum Lang scoring as well. Um, sadly for us, both those things
0: came true. Yeah, sadly, sadly. He was decent though, wasn't he, Lang, to be fair? so um, Yeah, he's class. Yeah, God, you walk into our team. So yeah, go on, let's start with the team on this one, Ollie.
1: Yep. so we had Harry Burgoyne in goal, and um, Sarsic just got a slight injury, so he's out. And we had Pennington, Ebanks and Williams as the back three. Um, Davis carried on at right wing back, and we had Walker, Norborne and Vella. Um and a better across I'll, I'll call this formation a three five two and um, with a Doe and Worley. I'm um, just talking to Norburn, Glenn and that goal, um he sh- he would have had five goals for the season, um because he gave one penalty, didn't he, it, did. to Maine. Yep. And you presume that he was going to score. But I was just thinking, we've had hardly any penalties this year, have we? It's probably because we didn't really actually have the ball in the box and dribble or anything like that. But yeah, we don't have I'm just thinking, we haven't had many penalties this season, have we?
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at my list now. I can't see any more. Maybe I didn't update this, but we had, we had one in November against Ipswich. We had um, one against Charlton. Um, and then, yeah, we had those two that were scored by... So I think it's four. Maybe four at most, five, if I've missed one in the last couple of games. Yeah. Stats, but that's not a lot. To be fair, Ollie, we only had three last year. So we've had more than we did last year. Mm-hmm. So I think pen- penalties have become quite a rare thing in the last few years. Um, um, so, yeah, yeah it's, what's not much? Less than 10 in two seasons is not very many, is it? Nope.
1: nope. No, nope. it isn't.
0: Nope. Oh, well, at least we score most of them. That is one good thing. We are quite consistent with our economies, yeah. but uh, we obviously don't get many. But yeah, I mean, you talk about Norburn. I still think, you know, we probably haven't got the goals out of him this season that we should have done. Um, maybe you could say that for last season as well. But um, it was nice to see him get one in this game, as we'll get to, Ollie.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, well, I think goal scoring is is, a, is an issue for us um, completely. And um, talking of issues. Um, trying to watch this game and Shrewsbury not playing so well in the first half I think it's fair to say most people had their eye on what was going on in the Super League because that was burning like a bonfire uh, on the, on Tuesday night um, so a lot of people and probably yourself Lynn, were seeing what was going on as all the other clubs started backtracking um, just I thought was quite
0: interesting. Yeah, it was definitely an odd time for it all to be happening while well, there was live football in the country going on, wasn't there? Particularly, I think Liverpool were playing, weren't they, that evening? And, and it was kind of all kind of around their they game. They played on Monday night. So Monday night, yeah, that was it. Sorry, and it was then the next Tuesday, wasn't it? It was still going on when well, it was all falling apart, wasn't it, on the Tuesday night around the Shrewsbury game? So um, yeah, not because of us, but um, yeah. So it was it was there was news coming in all the time about people dropping out and stuff. So it was almost like watching the stream and kind of checking your phone to see what was happening. Because for me, you know, we mentioned it very briefly, didn't we? Because it was only really blowing up last Sunday night. Um, but for me, I was desperate for it to all blow up. You know. I, th- I think the repercussions of football would have been absolutely disastrous. And um, you know, I'm, as, as I am usually on this podcast, I'm pretty bitter about it. If they don't get punished, those six teams, I would go as far as points deductions and massive fines. If I was the rest of the Premiership, they, and, and I'm happy with all their sort of um, administrators being taken out of their roles within the Premiership and any leadership roles within the game. Just, just let's punish them properly. They tried to destroy football. I got no time for any of those six clubs. It was the League Cup final today. I'd normally watch it, but I, I'm not watching those clubs. I'm not. I might not ever watch them again you know it's just ridiculous what they tried to do to everybody else in the football league and they don't deserve anyone's eyeballs they don't deserve anyone's time and they don't deserve anyone's money either
1: yeah they certainly um certainly created a hornet's nest mm. uh, because yeah it's going i think it's going to have ramifications i totally agree it needs to be um, there needs to be punishment. It would have completely ruined the Premier League. Um, it would have been, you know, people would have played their reserve sides, wouldn't they, on on a weekend yeah. before for a game? And yeah, it's um, anyway. Let's, let's not have this podcast dominated <laughs> by, that, by that nonsense. <laughs> but you know, I thought it was worth just mentioning, wasn't it? So talk talking in nonsense. shooter Town didn't play very well in, in this in this first half, and um, Wigan started the better and dominated the first half. And to be fair, were probably quite um, deserved for their two 0 no, They truly did have some chances, but. Yeah, we weren't as good as Wigan, who came on in a, in a good run of form, and you could see why. You know they were playing well, weren't they? Um, and yeah, there was a, a long throw, a poor header from Williams. He headed towards goal, um, and then Bagoin dropped it. Um, and considering he just coming to the team, that was a bit of a worry for me. Cleared by Walker, and I thought that was a lucky escape for Shrewsbury.
0: I mean I don't want to keep battering and Arabigo going about his ability under the high ball and I'll give him credit this week, as, as poor as he was in that at the start of that win game particularly, he definitely recovered in the second game and looked a little bit more secured, I would say, but there was still a still a couple of moments. Um, yeah, I mean every goalkeeper's gonna have a weakness at this level, aren't they? You know, Jason Wilkweiler was a really good shot stopper, but sometimes some of his other aspects weren't brilliant and you know, we could name all our goalkeepers and probably find faults with them other than Dean Henderson and um, he well, well, Dean Henderson well, he, was alright. He didn't like people throwing jelly babies at him, that might have been his one weakness. No, but All um, bottles. <laughs> exactly. But um, but other than that, yeah, you know, at this level, you're always going to find weaknesses, and that and that is Harry's. I suppose we're going to have to get used to it. But you know, this is just a thing when you know you used to it, when he's played a few games in a row. I feel like the defence are a little bit more secured. When suddenly Sarkis drops out and that next game Burgoyne plays, it does seem to unsettle the defence a little bit. But then if he gets a little run of games like this, it kind of improves through the games a little bit, doesn't it? Which is kind of natural because they'll get used to his game and used to the way he's playing, really.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And he definitely definitely came into his own and yeah had a good game I thought against Blackpool. Um, Shrewsby had a, an attack. Um yeah, a Ogbeta corner, but uh, it was a bit deep to Peddington. He's recycled and um Ogbeta had a shot hit the side netting. Um, and then we survive another scare in the box and a good save from Burgoyne. Um and then yeah, Salah win the ball um, after a good bit of pressing from Vela and Ado. And yeah, oh, we've we've said it so many times, but a really, really should have scored that chance inside the box, just in front of the penalty spot. He, there's absolutely no excuse for not scoring that goal. That opportunity, sorry.
0: You, you put in the agenda. How did Adeo not score? We've done this, Ollie. He's just not very. He's just not very good, unfortunately, and he's just no. not clinical enough. And. um that might be that for him I, know, I think of all the players who are really battling for a contract um, in these last four or five games where we've not been very good and, and we'll take away Blackpool, he's probably the one that's done himself the least justice in my view Ollie. because at least during the, the next game we're going to talk about a few of those players out of contract kind of showed something and the second half those players showed something against Wigan, you got to remember Odo came off at half time because he was just so poor Yay. and I think of all of them, he's the one, if Cottrell's been watching these games, there's, there's no way they should offer him a contract on the basis of
1: I don't think he was going to get nah, in anyway. Exactly. But, yeah.
0: but he's, he's definitely the one that's done the worst, I think, in terms of trying to battle back and, and maybe win something. I think that, that ship sailed, maybe.
1: So 27 minutes in, a long throw, and Williams clears the ball off the line, but it goes for a corner. Um, corner comes in, and a header from Keane. Um, a good, really good header, poor defending from a Shrew's perspective. He kind of just beat everyone in a crowd, um, and that wasn't ideal. Um, and then a few minutes later, well, sorry, not a few minutes later. I mean, at the end of the half, uh, we nearly score. Pennington has the ball cleared off the line, um, an absolutely superb ball from um, from Keane, who's playing the number ten role, over to, to over to, to Callum Lang, who who absolutely sprinted forward, um, and it was two 0 at halftime. I think I think off, obviously we had the Ado chance. I think to fair be fair, two 0 was probably a fair result at time.
0: Yeah, I think I'd, I'd spotted in those early corners that we talked about Harry under the, the high ball. They looked really dangerous from every corner, didn't they? Wigan, to be fair, they were creating chances and sort of you know beating us to the headers. And Harry was sort of rooted to his line, and it it felt like only a matter of time until something came from a corner. And obviously that's where the first goal came from. Um, so you know a pretty pretty logical route on the way the game was going. And the second one, yeah, you just give Callum Lang all the credit in the world. It's a great ball to him, but you know the confidence and finishing ability that we would dream of one of our Having you know that I can't think of many goals this season where we've had a player who's been that confident and running away one on one with a goalkeeper and finishing. I can you know we've obviously had Harry Chapman's world class goals. and We've had a couple of you know goals that a dose sort of put in from close range and other bits and bobs. But can you remember anywhere where a player has just raced no. clear like that and scored with composure? I, I, I'm sure it must have happened, but I really struggle to remember. It's not like the, the one stands out to me.
1: It's the kind of goal that like you know James Collins or a you know, proper striker scores. Yeah, Marvin Morgan he scored uh,
0: goals like that as well. Do you remember?
1: Yeah, you know a through ball. Um, and then, yeah, a, a one-on-one keeper or, you know, well, if bend it around the defender or something. Mm. But yeah, it's just the kind of chances we don't create and we don't, yeah you know, we don't have those runs. So something maybe to look forward to, to next season. So talking of um, to looking forward to next season, um, a few of these players probably won't be here next, next year because a half-time, um, so we had a new formation. Edwards came on for Williams, Chapman came on for Walker and a main on for a dose. And we've, we've criticised uh, the staff uh, in recent weeks for not making changes. Um, but you can't be. You, I'm sure you weren't too surprised, Gloom, when you saw those three changes. I'm sure you were pleased, um, but probably not surprised. I
0: was a bit disappointed, Ollie. I would have made five. <laughs> they were that bad first half. It was a bit of a disgraceful performance first half. So I'm, I'm joking. We probably wouldn't make all five. That would be suicidal in case you got an injury. But yeah, I mean, to make three was is, was the minimum I would have expected. Really, that it was just not working. We were being dominated. You've got to change it up in that situation and, and try and get back in the game. And we were better second half. But um, you know, uh, let's. It's, it was one of those halves for me. As much as we improved, Wigan were quite happy to sit back. And and try and defend what they had. Um, they got away with it in the end, but it's the sort of thing we would have done in that situation this season. And um, yeah, I, I just think they get they did concede a little bit more possession and a little bit more of the pitch to us, but they were trying to do it in a in a safe way. Um, like I said, we've done loads of times.
1: Yeah, I think they, they did a professional performance second half, didn't they? Um, we you know we could have got a draw and was all come on too, but yeah, they did really well um, to get to to get that to get the those three points, which is obviously key for them um, to, to survive and um so yeah we did have some effort, so Wally had a decent effort from, from range um and that effort created a, a corner for Shrewsbury. Um, and then yeah, we from that corner um, the, the ball was clear to Norburn who hit an absolute screamer into the back of the net absolutely brilliant um, brilliant chance and a, a brilliant goal, um, really well taken by Ollie Norburn I thought. Yeah,
0: really good technique, one of those ones where you just think, why why do you not do that more often? <laughs> do you know what I mean? He used to shoot from long range all the time, remember in that first season he was here, he always fancied himself for a long range shot and he's maybe put, curtailed that a little bit, maybe it's something that he's been told to do under Cottrell and maybe in the later times under Ricketts because things weren't working, but he's clearly got the ability to finish well um, from range or from the edge of the box like he did particularly a challenge and one like that on the volley so just one of those things again the little glimpses you get in Auburn sometimes where you just think God, there's so much more of a player there and we we never ever see it consistently good enough um, at, at the moment and um, yeah he's had little purple patches during his three years at the club and um, you just want that purple patch to spread out to be good consistent football for you know, 20, 30 games rather than 5 or 6
1: Yeah but I think he's, he's done pretty well this week though so on credits where credit's due Um and then yeah um, not a lot happened <laughs> we're going to fast forward there from from yeah from what when did from when Ollie Norburn scored and um, which was in the 66th minute until extra time and um, where Caton comes on and Norburn again on the ball crosses from deep and an absolutely superb header from Caton, from Keaton who who did a really good you know proper kind of natural striker's movement Kind of evaded the defender, um, headed at goal. Really good save from the goalkeeper.
0: Gutted. I was absolutely gutted for the lad. What a what a way to end that game that would have been with him scoring his first goal to save us a point away from home. You know, Tom Bradshaw-esque away at Crew. Obviously that was a, a much more different performance than the hat trick and stuff. But um, oh yeah, it'd have been a lovely way to start his football league career with us, wouldn't it, on his professional debut? But obviously that was just the start of things for Kaiten this week because obviously he went on to start at um, uh, at the home in the next. Uh, sorry, at Backpool the next week. So um, yeah, so he's, he's had a good week, hasn't he? Really, and just just a shame that it was a really good save from the keeper wasn't it to be fair
1: yeah it was yeah very good very good save.
0: I thought in terms of chances Ollie we were going to have an argument about Curtis Main missing a sitter near, near the end but you didn't think it was yeah. a sitter
1: <laughs> no it didn't did he so yeah there was a, a good ball from Worley um, I forgot about this chance yeah a good ball from Worley um, across over to Main um, from Chapman and he stretches um, and he, yeah, he hits the post do you still think that was a clear opportunity? It was a good
0: chance if he had any pace about him or awareness to be where he sort of needed to be. He was stretching because he's never ever up with never ever up with where he needs to be. And um it was a good chance if you watch it back still, even even with the stretching. But yeah, I would agree. Probably not at sitter and certainly not as bad as For Maine, if
1: it was someone like yeah, Okinabiri <laughs> yeah. or Caton, they probably would have got there and yeah. just side footed at home. I agree. But um, but I think it's a bit harsh to yeah, criticise his lack of pace. Um, I don't think it's harsh to criticise his lack of pace. No, but in terms of using his (laughs) lack of pace to say that that should have been a better chance because someone else would have got there... I think that's stretching a little bit much for It me. certainly
0: wasn't Wolves' 2013, Ollie, I'll give you that, mate. But um, no. he hasn't done much to dispel that memory, to be honest, with you in his time at the club. But um, we'll leave Maine for the moment because he will be leaving us soon, Frank. God. Although I'm a bit worried, Ollie, There was a lot of chat in the paper this week about him going to try and talk about contracts. I'm shitting a brick that he might be here next season all of a sudden. Now I, I think that's
1: just because he was interviewed this <laughs> week. Then. Yes. I won't worry thank, too much about thank that. God for, thank that. God for that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just... Just view on the opposition. Um, I thought they look we to look a good side, and you wouldn't have thought that they were a relegation side, would you? No. Um, after watching that, um, obviously Keane and Lang is fantastic, and, and Will Keane is a player. You know, especially if you are a football manager, player, he's a player that had like high potential at Man United. And it's just crazy, isn't it? There's some you know. Don't go to one of these um, super clubs. One is because their their owners are evil. Um, <laughs> secondly, you might ruin your career. He's played one hundred and thirty five games, and he's twenty eight. So just for comparison, Norburn has played 250 and he's the same age. Um, and it just, yeah, just shows, you know, he's, he's kind of, yeah, to play only 135 games when you're 28, that's not a good number, is it? And, and I guess no. that's just testament to, you know, to, even to Roshan Williams and better to go, right, I'm going to go and play real football now. Um, I'm not gonna just yeah let my career kind of flit away. Mm,
0: I think that's the, I was gonna say exact same thing that you just said, so I won't repeat it. But it does. It shines a light on those ones that do leave that system and go and try and make it as professional footballers and and, and go in the hurly burly of, of league football. So yeah, I, I won't won't say that anyway. For me, yeah, Wigan looked like a team that had something to play for, and we didn't, Ollie. That was the fundamental of it. We yeah. we talk about being on the beach last week, but you know there were aspects of this game where it felt a little bit like our levels weren't there. And to be fair, that kind of got confirmed later in the week with with um, Wilberham's Conference where he was saying we just can't let ourselves be the five ten percent off we've been in these last few games just because we reached fifty points. So there was an even acknowledgement from the club that we'd been you know cruising since we got to fifty. Um, which fans will say oh they were on the beach. So I feel like there was a little bit of that in this game. And even when we woke up and shook ourselves back into the game, it just wasn't enough really. And yeah, I thought I thought generally this, we weren't good in the game the whole game, even where we were better second half. Um, and and I didn't think it, on the balance of it we did enough for a point, Ollie.
1: Yeah, I thought in the end we could have got a point from the game. Every game has its context doesn't it? They were winning 2-0. And that obviously changes the, their approach to the second half. But yeah, there's a chance that we could have got something from the second half. But I think fair play to Wigan though. They got um, they got the three points that they thoroughly deserved. Um, and talking of three, um top threes, I went for Norburn, Vella and Ebanks and um, I thought um were for me, the top three players in this game from a Shrew's perspective.
0: Yeah, a bit harder to pick because it wasn't one of those stunning performances. I went for Davis again. I, I, I honestly think he playing right back or right wing back whatever he's been stuck to do, considering he's probably never played there in his career, he's really good. Like He, he doesn't let us down at all. Like We see some of the players that have played right, and left, right back this season, and you listed them a few months back, didn't you? And that list has probably reached 10 now, hasn't it, with, with people who played in that position all season. And, He's actually just a solid footballer, isn't he? And He actually shows a bit more playing there where he's not asked to do anything too expansive. He just stands his man up, makes his tackles, gets up. He, he was alright getting forward in a couple of the games we've seen. I, th- I thought overall, like as bonkers as it sounds, he was pretty good in this game. I, I wasn't as generous about this performance, I think, as maybe you were, so I was struggling to pick a, a top, top three, to be honest with you. Um, Vela, I went for third, similar to what you just said. He was maybe the workhorse of the, the midfield, and I went for Edwards, because when he came on second half, I thought he did alright, um, considering we improved, and he, he kind of got on the ball did his did his little shuttle the ball around things. Kind of got forward as much as he could. So yeah, a bit different to you this week. But I I I, I didn't think it was an overall good performance. I think maybe that's coloured me a little bit. Yeah,
1: it wasn't a great performance. I just thought it was better than the last few weeks. Mm. Um, but talking to right backs, I did. I don't know if you saw my tweet. I did in the Blackpool game. So people have played right back or right wing back this season for Shrewsbury, yeah. and the list is Fossey, Miller, Love, Williams, Pennington, Daniels, Davis, Vella, Sears. Um, and high.
0: <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? It's absolutely mad. I'll be surprised if someone else didn't end up there at one point during a game that we've kind of forgotten about. But So we've got
1: an, actually more than a full, we've got a full team there <laughs> of players that have played either right back or right wing back. Oh, and yeah, you're right, Davis is good there because he's he does the simple things, he distributes, and it just shows you how poor we've been in that position for quite a few years. So yeah, fingers crossed. As a, as a former right back myself, I really, really hope that we can get a quality right back um, and and obviously in, in today's football, um, either we need someone who like or better can play right back or right wing back, don't we? I think that's something that's key. You know, we need someone that can flex and do both. Um, and obviously, four backs are so important in today's game. So yeah, um, right backs is a big big on the shopping list for me in the summer.
0: I'm gonna steal a point now, Ollie, which is maybe a little bit of a flash forward to the next game, but you talk about, you know, needing someone who can play um you just said right back right back or right wing back, and, and you're saying that, you know, um Ogbetter can play left back or left wing back. Do you do you not feel a little bit like um if he plays just a flat left back position, um Ogbetter this is, it actually takes a little bit out of us in terms of an attacking force. No,
1: not necessarily. Okay. Um, I know some of you are saying he doesn't, maybe he doesn't get us forward as much. Don't if we're, we're going much. to be hopefully successful next season, he'll, he'll be able to push forward. But I think he actually does well when he's got someone in front of him, mm. someone who he can kind of bounce off. And I thought him and Chapman linked up quite nicely in this mm. Blackpool game. So yeah, he doesn't have obviously then the space in front of him, but I think he's you know such an intelligent player. I think he does well when he's got someone in front of him. So yeah, I'd be interesting, something to to look forward to next season. I
0: agree because I just I just I'm kind of just going off tangent. I just feel a little bit like. I prefer him in a more attacking role when he's running at players and putting crosses in because I feel like I trust him to do that better than some of the players we've got next season. However, Ollie, you're completely right. If someone suddenly turns up who's got a bit of pedigree at playing left attacking positions and he can just sit behind and they can overlap and and work together as a pair, then it's fine. But I think in the in the team we've got at the moment, it, I feel like I just want him up there all the time trying to create. Because can imagine
1: yeah. imagine him playing um, there with someone like Rodman, mm, yeah, someone who's intelligent, you know, good athlete. Um I think, you know, he would he would dovetail quite well with, with like a, a good left winger. Um I think that or a Sean Wally type on the left. So something to look forward to hopefully.
0: Okay, and what was what did Will Brown say before we move on to Blackpool?
1: Yeah, so he said he was disappointed in how the second half And sorry. Yeah, he was disappointed. Um he said in the second half were excellent, but we have to do it in the first half. Um concealing from a corner something we work on regularly was not good and nice. yeah, first half we did have chances but yeah, lads gave everything in the second half and we need to look and he said we need to look at the last five games. Um and yeah, it hasn't been good enough. Um but yeah, obviously we put that right on Saturday. So yeah, not not the best, Glenn. Um, obviously it did make people a little bit um, a little bit worried, I think, because yeah, the teams at the bottom are still picking up points. Um
0: yeah, on the night, everybody below us kind of was winning, weren't they? And that was the thing that got everybody a yeah. bit worried. And he still needed snookers, really, and to a certain extent for us to get relegated, particularly with Northampton. The points gap they had, they, they'd have to win every game and they looked to have an incredibly difficult run-in. But I think that was the night where they beat Ipswich, wasn't it? So you weren't ruling anything out yet, or some fans weren't. I was still fairly confident we were fine. But, um, yeah, obviously, it, we had a few few days of worrying, maybe um, unnecessary, because we put the job right against Blackpool. So, yeah, we'll move on to that one now. That's it.
1: The referee blows a whistle. And it's call time on this uh, traditional end-of-season curtain downer. Rapturous applause. Rapturous applause
0: from the home supporters.
1: Good from me, you. Colin Bloomfield, and from away supporters, veteran, Glenn yep. Price. Good night. A oh, we'll get. So, Blackpool nil, Shrewsbury Town 1. We have an absolutely fantastic record against Blackpool. Mad. It's always funny because I always think, oh, Blackpool's going to be a tough game. And often they're doing well when we play them. But we've got a fantastic record. Did you see that tweet from the um, a local journalist? Yes. Yeah. Who said that um, Hermes seen us play, um, and he's seen Blackpool v Shrewsbury, <laughs> um, either home or away eight times. and He said, Damn you, Lewis Cox. I thought it was quite funny.
0: It's something like since '97, they haven't beaten us, something like that, yeah. isn't it? Which is which is pretty crazy to be fair. So, six
1: points, cheers, lads. Yes, come again next season, please. Happy days. Um, yep, yeah, so we scored in the second half, um, and Pennington scored his first goal for us, so that was good. Um, yeah, we start set up in a what I would call the Paul Hurst style, mm. um, 4 1. Um, four one, um, which can turn into obviously two banks of four with a defensive fielder, or all can sit in into a four three three. And it's quite dynamic. Um so what who started? So we had Burgoyne, Davis, Pennington, Ebanks, and Ugbetter as the back line. We had Norburn, sitting. we had Caton, obviously made his professional um league debut, which was fantastic on the right wing. Um Edwards and Vella and Chapman across the rest of the middle, and then Main up front. But I thought Caton was quite interesting because he clearly had license to push on and he made forward runs. Um and it's interesting as well that Edwards, that was the first start he's had in in twenty twenty one. So it's really interesting that he's you know able to play four games.
0: He's earned that start from the way he's come off the bench in the last few weeks. During a very difficult time, whenever he's come on, he has... You know, been part of stabilising sec- in second halves, and he hasn't really done anything wrong. Um, hasn't done anything spectacularly brilliant, but I think he probably did deserve a start considering um, some of the other midfielders have not been in the best form um, in their re- recent weeks. So I was quite happy to see that. To be honest, with Ollie, I think it's it's testament to his his hard work and probably professionalism around the team. And again, we talk about some of the inter- interviews this week. Even Dave's been talking about you know as much as Radio Shropshire might have indicated that he was thinking about retiring. I don't think that's a done deal yet, Ollie.
1: No, no, it was wasn't a done deal. We um, <laughs> were watching the interview, being a bit, a little bit confused by that tweet mm. where he said he'd quit in capital letters, um, which he <laughs> hadn't. He said he was just thinking about retiring because he was struggling. But yeah, he said his body's do, he's fitter than he's been for a while, um, and he feels really good. And it's interesting actually, Glenn. There's like a, this thing that sometimes happens in, obviously you know, in an NFL, you have salary caps.
0: Yeah,
1: but what sometimes happens is you know it's more senior pros kind of agree for wage reductions. To kind of help the you know the overall team, so they can sign more players, and it'd be really fascinating to think that maybe whether um, Edwards could maybe do that. You go, oh yeah, I'll, I'll say sign through for, for another year, but he'll take maybe less wages. I obviously don't know his finances but I'm sure he could afford it for a year um, maybe it's an interesting idea
0: I, I, I'd i be staggered as well if Dave Edwards finances didn't take a hit through the pandemic you know the man was lining up a, a series of businesses in the Shrewsbury area you know he's got his soft play area I think he's invested in some financial advice pro, pro, pro business I think he might have his, his finger in a couple of pies really he's obviously got 4,000 shares at Shrewsbury Town so he's he's invested financially in the football club as well um, but you know I think that maybe you know things like soft play areas have probably taken a massive uh, hit during the pandemic and have not been being able to be open so you know a, a 25% wage reduction getting a, a nice wage coming in for the next year and playing for your hometown club again probably pretty attractive to him and, and if the football club offer him it and it's a you know a bit part role to kind of take some leadership roles in the dressing room you know not a full coaching role but someone to see these young lads through you know someone to sell Shrewsbury Town Football Club to new players coming in in the summer because there's going to be a lot of them I think it's quite an important role and as much as I was sort of talking about and there not being many I'd want to keep if, if that's a role that we can find for him and he's happy for it, um, for financial reasons, I'd be probably all right with that. To be honest with you,
1: I don't think David Edwards is, is short of a bob. Glenn. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> well, don't, I think don't think know. playing for one year. I don't think playing for one more year at Shrewsbury is going to make yeah. a difference. He was, he was at Wolves for nine for nine years, and if you pretend he was only on ten k a week in, mm. in the in the Premier League, um, that means he probably took at least five million pounds from Wolves. Not including bonuses, and as soon he's on 10k a week, so yeah, I know what you're saying, but um, I think I'm, think, I'm sure he could play for free, to be honest. And <laughs> I'm sure he's pound balanced. There's no a
0: romantic in me, Ollie. I, I just you know, making sure someone keeps the wolf from his door, Ollie. You know, you never, you never know, but yeah, you're probably right to be fair. But um, yeah, you know, as I say, the the role I think, um, if the football club could sort it out with him, and you know, from everything we, we spoke to him about and the way he comes across, if the football club offered him a contract, I'm one million percent sure he would sign it, um, even yeah. if it was for a year. So he, yeah,
1: if it's hardly any money, he'd always just go but Christmas you know what this isn't working lads whatever um, and yeah money's going to be tight and I'm sure he's a homegrown player as well so obviously that's a, so if we don't have him we probably couldn't fill that place in the squad anyway yeah. Um, so yeah lots of benefits there so anyway talking of the game um, it's fair to say that um it was an interesting first half both teams trying to play football really nice pitch good to see that obviously Blackpool's woes have gone and they've actually got a pitch with grass on not just sand <laughs> um, and yeah, um, yeah so they caught us cold from a corner Decent strike, but of force on a save from Burgoyne. Um, and yeah, I, I thought, um, yeah, we we played football, but we probably played a little bit too much in our own half, I thought, in the first half, especially for the first half of the first half. Um, and Blackpool liked to play the ball around as well. Um, and yeah, they seem to be quite quite a decent side as well. But I thought it was interesting. Um, in the last few games, it's so obvious oftentimes if you watch, you can tell the, which players we kind of target when we're pressing. Yeah. And this clearly works. Their central midfielder got the ball. Both Vela and Main pounced. Choufoutin um, counter-attack. And Vela's effort is deflected onto the crossbar. Um, and I thought that was probably the best, half, best chance of the half, man
0: there was really our only chance at the half. I mean, we, the, the opening 10 minutes, there was no chances at all in the game, was there? No one had a shot on target. No. no one had a shot at all, really. And then just before we had the Vela chance, where it kind of came out of nothing, there was those first two chances for Blackpool, where um, I think Burgoyne saved the first one and then it bounced out clear um, and then they fired it over from, from close range. So, you know, I think both teams had a couple of, you know, sighters um, in, in those early sort of 20 minutes. But it, it wasn't a, a game, you know, that had a huge amount of chances in that first half. But I do, I do think there was two teams trying to play football. We were right. And for us, particularly, you know, it was a new tactic that we've not played for a while, so I, I gotta give the town credit for kind of adapting to that change and kind of still being able to show a, a little bit of quality here and there during the during the half, I thought.
1: Yeah, decent decent bit of decent half of football I thought. Um, for me the best bit of football I thought was involved Caton, which was nice. Um, played the ball out the back. Caton plays the ball over to the left of Chapman mm. who drives forward. Um, and his shot his block for a corner. It was a really good block and a good effort. Um, so, yeah, uh, overall at half time, um, I'm sure I was pretty pleased with what I saw.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't the most thrilling half, but we were grinding our way towards a, at that point. A, a point would have been completely fine to keep us up looking at the way the other results were going. So, I, I would have took you know, another half of very minimal chances in us seeing at a point. But actually, it got better in the second half, I thought.
1: Yeah, it was good. I thought the second half was good for Shrewsbury. Um, yeah, there was a, um, a bit of a mishap at the back again. We were a bit sloppy still in defending, but we were lucky to get way it and Pennington cleared. Um and then there was a ball over the top for Blackpool and the striker hits a ball into the side net in another let off. Um but yeah, I think it's fair to say that um yeah Blackpool didn't have their shooting boots on. Obviously they they lost to Dale the, the game before mm. um, even though they've been on an absolutely fantastic run. Um, but yeah they just couldn't keep their chances.
0: Yeah, they paid for that man, the didn't they? they? They were not clinical yeah. enough. And they, and they looked a team that had, had taken a hit from that last game, Ollie. I completely agree with you. They they clearly were on a really good run, weren't they? At home particularly, they hadn't lost for whatever it was, 20, 20 games. Something mad like that, wasn't it? And we were the first team to come and beat them at Bloomfield Road for a really long time. But they definitely looked levels below where they must have been this season to be having as good a season as they were. And um, yeah, their profligacy was really the, the problem for them in the game, I thought. So um, yeah, that, that was fun. We'll, we'll get to our goal on our end in a minute, Ollie. But there were two things, you well, one thing you missed. Uh, Radio Shropshire didn't play music at half-time Staggering, eh? You, can you believe it's that the my Elliot cam- Revolution is it? Can you believe my one-man campaign has finally got results? Yeah, it was. I was shocked because it was on
1: your um- one-man campaign. <laughs>
0: The one-man the one, the one man army, yeah, no, I'm only joking, a lot of people hate it and have been tweeting about it, but um, yeah, it was good, you know, Mark talked about football and some other bits and bobs during half-time, and obviously it was funny, because I thought they'd, if they were ever going to do it, they probably would have done it in the, the first game of the week, because obviously the ESL news was breaking, and I thought, if you can't talk about football 15 minutes with all of this going on, then you're never going to do it, but yeah, it was, um, Fan of Day was good, um, I, you know, give them some credit, they they didn't play music, they kept it focused on sports, and it was an improvement, so I just thought I would mention that, Ollie, because I've been banging on about it all season, so, We'll get a chance to catch up with Mark Elliott hopefully if he comes on the end of season podcast, Ollie. We're definitely going to talk about this. Um, and yeah, that was it. So before we get to our goal, we were still not creating a huge amount of chances, to be fair, in the game. And um, it was at that point I noticed that a certain Will Grigg had scored four goals in the game, Ollie, and had now scored eight league goals for MK Dons in, since January, which means he scored as many goals at MK Dons in the league as anyone has scored league goals for us all season. Obviously, Wally's got eight as well. Um, my question for you, Ollie, is you know. Where would my question for you is where would we be if we'd signed Will Grigg instead of Curtis Main what do you, what do you genuinely think would we be in any different position
1: yeah I think we'd probably have at least six more points mm,
0: yeah it's, it's a shocker isn't it because we were doing those comparisons in the early weeks between Main and Grig, weren't we and at one point they were both on two assists and one goal and I think Grigg's got eight goals now and six assists whereas Main's got one goal hasn't he yeah and two assists so he's got two goals two goals sorry i'm going mad yeah two goals and one assist so yeah it's not really much of a comparison anymore but i just i just thought it was funny because we hadn't really talked about the grig main comparison and it's a bit of a frightening thing um when was the last time a Shrewsbury town player scored four goals in the game god only knows it'll be a while back now but there we go i was just my little my little comparison again ollie so um that was good but to be fair we were looking at that and everyone was sort of tweeting about it and just before, just a minute or two later yeah corner Shrewsbury town what happened ollie
1: yeah, so just before then, Magbeth um, had to draw forward, put a cross into the box. Um, and main, I think main might have scored this because he was really ready. He was in perfect position. His positioning was good for, for once, Glenn, I thought, here. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it's a really good corner from Chapman. Obviously, I don't know if they were listing, but his corners were much better this weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. Flied in Pennington comes in and scores. And that's his first goal for two and a half years. And, um, yeah, just deserves, I think, for Pennington. I think he's been quite good in recent weeks.
0: Yeah, he's he's the one that, you know, if we're looking at contracts and he wants to come, I definitely would be thinking about it. Um, I saw a few people saying he's our best defender that doesn't call Darren Pierre, which is an interesting comparison at the moment. Um, um And I would also say, yeah, the, the good goal, good header. And uh, yeah, what's that one thing you've been lamenting all this season, Ollie, about Chapman? What's he not had until this weekend?
1: An assist. Yes. So he's now a complete player. So yeah, <laughs> no, it's good that he's got that assist. Um, I think it's good for him. Um, playing in that kind of a attacking midfielder kind of position. Obviously, he's playing a bit. He's playing wider on, on Saturday, mm. but yeah, good for him. Um, good to see he's doing well, and yeah, I'd love to keep us to keep Chapman. Hopefully, we can keep a few of these other players, and because they keep talking about the good, a good kind of atmosphere in, in this mm. squad. Mm. Hopefully, we can convince him to stay. Um, but talking of, of good quality, remember Kai Kai. He, he had a few efforts, and he? he had a good effort from range. A good save um, from Burgoyne. Um, and we didn't really mention Burgoyne much, but I thought he had to have a really good game in this match. Obviously, you know we've mentioned the one, the big glaring error we saw in the last game, but I thought Burgoyne had a really good game on Saturday.
0: Yeah, the only thing I saw anyone kind of criticising for was just after we scored, I think maybe five six minutes later, they had disallowed goal if you remember, and um, they, they, they had a shot that sort looked like he sort of spam ended it right out in front of the goal and a guy sort of stole in and scored from close range but luckily the defence got their line right and he was yeah, off, offside. offside. But the point is that's the only thing I really saw anyone say about Burgoyne on Saturday. Um they didn't they didn't put many balls in the box to him. If you look at how Blackpool crossed it into the it's box style, it, it? it was always into this to sort of the penalty box um sorry the, the penalty spot or worse further out than that, you know, looking for a I don't know what a long range header or bring it down. It, it just wasn't what they did. So they didn't really pressure um Burgoyne maybe as much Wigan did and their corners weren't great either so you know maybe maybe he didn't get challenged on the things he's the weakest at but yeah I thought overall good good performance to be honest with you and, uh, and uh, say he was offside for that goal so it didn't matter anyway
1: yeah and talking of, of chances and there was that header for Edwards as well which would have been a fantastic way for him to cap off um, you know starting a game um, to score a goal but it wasn't to be um, so yeah top three Glenn who, who did you pick?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think probably we're both going to agree on this but maybe Pennington's most uh, accomplished game in terms of contributing to a to a result I suppose and um, clean sheet Good header from a corner, overall quite um, composed on the ball, um, you know, levels above Williams' kind of passing of recent weeks. He was he was overall very good. So, yeah, I went Pennington first. Uh, we've just been talking about him. Bourgoign, I went second um, because of the saves he made in the game, um, and overall a much improved performance from where he's been in recent weeks. And again, I I've, I've thought Davis playing right back this week instead of right wing back, it's just solid, you know, and, and, and yeah. dependable. A clean sheet with him at right back, you know, it's weird, isn't it? You'd have thought maybe in January, if we'd have started playing him there, we might not have had as many problems at right back all season. So, um, yeah. I'm only joking. But yeah, I, again, I was just
1: really impressed with him there. Yeah, yeah Mark Elliott mentioned it. Um, and he's saying, you know, he's really good at recycling the ball, he's good at keeping it. Um, and yeah, he's strong, he you knows what he's doing, he's a good pro. I mean, he's the kind of player I'd like, I'd be quite happy for us to sign. Um, I think he would be a good player for playing in, in his right role. Number 10 is not his role, um, but playing, yeah, right back or as a, you know, as a battler, as a holder, and midfielder. Um, yeah, he's a good player. Um, I thought he did really well. Um, and talking of other players, I thought, yeah, Pennington was, for me, man of the match, the goal, the defensive performance. And I thought also it was worth noting, I thought Ollie Norbert had a really, really good game. Um, I saw Lewis Cox uh, mention at time about how um, Blackpool was saying he was the best. Blackpool Radio was saying he's the best player on the pitch. He was playing the best. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I thought Oli Norburn had a really good game. He was winning everything. He was. He, I thought he was more positive with his play, with his passing. Um and then third I went for Burgoyne. Um because yeah, I think it's worth so yeah, I think it's good, isn't it, that we've got Davis, Burgoyne, uh, Norburn who you know, we've we've had, you know, we've been not overly positive with their performances uh, at times this season and putting good good shows and and I think it was very much a team effort wasn't it glint to, to get this three points
0: yeah it was a v- very much so and I thought the celebrations at the end and and for the goal kind of kind of summed that up really it was a let's let's get this job done today you know here's the opportunity you could cl- tell 20 minutes in Blackpool were not quite at the races um, and that was one there for us to step up second half and go and, and go and clinch safety and um clearly everybody around the club club absolutely delighted with, with, with achieving that in the end and it's probably just worth reflecting on it Ollie and um, before we move on to, to Aaron's comments but you know it's been a bit of a slight these last few weeks, hasn't it? There's been the occasional, you know, game like Saturday where we played well enough to get the win, and you know, maybe it wasn't the most brilliant performance, um, but it was good enough. Do you know what I mean? Um, but you know, I, I kind of, I've kind of been maybe a bit, bit more, bit more down than you know, you should have been about these last few weeks because the, the 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 level of which we were at when Ricketts went and Cottrell came in to 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 have saved us with what is four games to go. We we should really just take a minute to take a breath and and think that Steve Cottrell keeping us up is a miraculous achievement really as far as I'm concerned
1: oh it's absolutely phenomenal amazing you know obviously I post those, post those on Twitter those um, Steve Cottrell league tables which I think were seventh or eighth um, in um, now and yeah it's been absolutely phenomenal it was interesting that um, you know, um, in the in post-match interview Pennington um, he was asked, you know, if the manager's here, would you have got more points? And he was said, yeah, 100%. You know, he didn't say 100%, but he was absolutely adamant we would do. So it's the fact that we've, you know, both Shrewsbury and Burton have had two great escapes. Um, and what he's done um, has been absolutely miraculous. And and fair play to the players and fair play to Aaron Wilberham and and fair play to the chairman as well for making that decision and picking Steve Cottrell um, and getting him to be our manager, uh, fair play.
0: No, it's been it's been fantastic. And I say we will we'll do. A, we're rapidly approaching our end of season special, Ollie, but we'll reflect on the journey that got us to where we were. But yeah, it was just a lovely Saturday night, Ollie. Sunny Shrewsbury. Yeah. I don't know what you did, but I I walked outside and I got a I got a nice beer and I sat in the garden and it was just kids were playing. They had their guinea pigs out chasing around the garden and it was just like, ah, oh, you can breathe again. You don't have to worry about these next few games. We are going to be playing League One football next season you know, Wrexham might still be in the conference. You know, Chester are still wherever they are. Telford is still wherever they are. You know, all our, like, local rivals, they haven't really done much this season. And yet we've still maintained our level at the third tier of English football. And now looking forward to a next season where we've got a manager who could do exciting things. It is it is good. It Despite how crap the last few years have been in terms of some of the quality of football, you know, we, we are refreshed. We look again. We go again at the start of next season. It's just... You'd just love to have that, you know. Let the optimism build again this summer. I'm all for it, mate.
1: Yeah, I can't I really can't wait for for, for the summer. Um, really it's gonna be really it's gonna be fantastic. And yeah, I mean, it's interesting the comments around Will he's gonna know yeah, all the, the lessons he's learned and um, stuff this season, he'll be a better assistant for it as well. Yeah. He said, um, you know, he said his wife has really got into football more with him as being a manager, assistant manager. <laughs> And he says, you know, he looks at his phone at half time, and there's often messages from his wife talking about the game and stuff. She says she always makes sure she's back from walking the the dog to kind of get the game You know, so she's watching the game as well. So that's funny to see how it's impacting on him. And he he says that you know he's often watching the game for hours at home with the manager as well, and they're chatting about all sorts of things. So yeah, I think they're going to be a great partnership with Dave Longwell and um, and and Brian Jensen as well. i really can't wait for the summer. Um, So what did Wilbraham say? He said the lads were excellent for ninety minutes. It was a great team win and we stuck to the game plan and we were really committed and the tactics worked really well and we blocked their pockets and we stopped them playing and that's not something we didn't mention but yeah, that definitely worked. I think the tactics and the setup really worked really well this week. Yep, definitely. Um, on K turn, he said he did excellent, worked really well. Uh, you know, he made good runs, and, and, and you know, we were fortunate we didn't spot him. Um, but the lads really got behind him, like we did with Ogbetta. And it's really nice feeling to get that first win. And it's interesting, both Aaron Wilburn and Pennington both mentioned about how you know getting that win on on your debut will obviously give that give him a, a bit of nice memory. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I, I, we didn't really mention him, did we? Because we were kind of going through the game quite quickly, I suppose, yeah. in some respects, because um, yeah, didn't have too many glorious chances and he didn't have any specific chances in the game, did he? But I thought, you know, he, he implied himself. He took a couple of good runs forward and doesn't look as... Some nice touches. Yeah, it looks a bit more, you know, bigger and, and stronger, doesn't he, than I maybe would have thought for his age. And um, it's a shame, really, because Bloxham was on the bench as well and he's a big lad. Um, and I was hoping towards the end we would have gone maybe 2-0 up. We could have seen Bloxham-Cayton up front as a 2. That would so, be
1: nice when I, yeah, yeah uh, home maybe one of the last few games. I'm hoping we we'll see see and see front. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and to Jubri as well, and potentially um, you know the young goalkeeper. Maybe give him a chance. Uh, one thing I was going to ask you, Ollie, do you think Sarkic will play again this season? I'm starting to think not.
1: Yeah, I think he will. I think I think if he I think if he was fit, he'd play.
0: You reckon? I, yeah. Why Why play him now?
1: Because I think it, it builds confidence throughout the whole side. Um, I think having him in goal, I think the defense is more comfortable with him, mm. which then builds into the defense, which builds into midfield, and I think it has a knock on effect
0: but it doesn't really matter does it anymore
1: <laughs> well it does. it does if you want to play if you want to play Bloxham and Caton mm. um, and you want to give them a chance I think you want to play your best players around them to give them the best chance.
0: I would agree with that, but I, I would also... I understand where you're coming from. That, yeah, Burgoyne's just played the last few games. We've obviously won away at Blackpool. Yeah. You know, uh, If Burgoyne's going to be here next season when they want him here, then uh, you might as well just keep playing him, as far as I'm concerned. I, I appreciate everything Sarkic did for us this season. He's been one of our better players, probably in the top five, six players for me this season. But I, I don't know. He is a lone player. And, what and if we've got a safe. chance
1: to get Sarkic next season? Um, and you drop him, well, and he doesn't want to come back.
0: If that's an option, yeah, I play him every week. But you know, yeah. who knows whether that's an option? He must, he must be starting to think I've done a good season at league. He 1. needs to play in the championship, yeah. doesn't he?
1: If he wants to push on, he
0: needs to go and do what Max, uh, not Max. Who was it last season we had? God, I've forgotten his name now. Max name. O'Leary. Max O'Leary, Yeah, there we go. Um, he needs to try and get to get some football, doesn't he? So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of us doing well for people's loan players. I'd be keen to just keep playing as many of our younger players and, and players when we'll have contracting next year, and then you know. To keep playing the guys who might be a contract but I can, I can understand what you're saying as well because he is the best goalkeeper I do agree with that but um I don't know maybe there's an argument to be had about it I think we've just had it so um there we go we'll, we'll leave the games there we will just got a bit of yeah. quick sound news one, Just one go
1: bit on, 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 on Pennington, on Pennington. Oh, just before yeah. we do that it's Pennington so he's really interesting he, the subtlety in his, in his language Um and I don't think it was a mistake because he seems quite an articulate bloke so um basically he was interviewed he was interviewed after the game so he was delighted with the win and you know he said we played our, our, our game plan and we did everything And he's mentioned, he said, hopefully, um, you know, you know, in terms of next season, you know, that won't be our aim for next season. He says something that we can build on in for the new season. Um, And I thought it was really interesting that he was talking, you know, in terms of being here next year. And then when Lewis Cox was interviewing, he said, could you see yourself being here? And he said, yeah, why not? So yeah, that, I thought that was quite interesting. That was quite encouraging. It's
0: come and get me, play Ollie. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I don't. Blame. I mean, it's funny because I'm not sure whether Pennington's one of these, but I was listening to Radio Shropshire pre-match. Um, my little lad, I think I've mentioned before, started playing golf now at Hawkston in the morning. So we were up there for like three hours in the morning. We were rushing back about two o'clock to get back. So I started listening to the introductory section on Radio Shropshire, um, which was really good actually. Mark Elliott and Stuart Dunn had a fantastic conversation about football and Shrewsbury Town and everything that's going on at the moment um, in the opening 20 minutes. I thought, but um, they were talking about how a few of the players had still never met. Steve Cottrell, which is bonkers, isn't it, really? Like Maine yeah, Ogbetter hasn't, um, has he? No, Ogbetter hasn't. So imagine in Pennington hasn't either, which is crazy. They've played all this time and have, have helped get a safe and have never, ever met the manager. And in, in the world of football, if he doesn't come back in the next few games and you do not get a contract, you might have ended up playing you know, six months for a team and never met the manager, which is which has probably never happened very many times before. No,
1: he's probably never, ever happened. <laughs> um, unless, unless there's some non-league manager who's been arrested or something. <laughs> uh, or something like that. But yeah, talking to the manager, actually, and there was more encouraging news wasn't yep. there that yep. the manager's doing better he's getting fitter and he's chatting to Aaron Wilpen a lot um, and there was a the way Aaron Wilburn spoke it kind of hinted a little bit mm. that maybe we might see him um, at the stand so um, I can't imagine he'll be on the dugout and he definitely won't be doing media duties but you'd love to see him in the stand, wouldn't you? In one of these less less than remaining games.
0: Yeah, Lewis was Lewis Cox did a tweet, didn't he, halfway through the week saying really exciting, interesting news to come. And then about twenty minutes later, he said, oh, actually no, don't worry about it. And I think you know the chat that had been happening before that was indicating that maybe we could even have seen him in the stand at Blackpool. Um, so I was I was pretty sure he might have turned up if um, you know that's what Lewis indicated. But I w- I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the dugout in one of the last home games of the season. Sorry, not in the dugout in the stand. Stand maybe sitting up with yeah. Roland and Brian, um, having a nice congratulatory red wine with Ryan uh, with Brian. And uh, Roland, like they usually do, I think you know that would be quite nice to see him back then and just kind of enjoy the fruits of his labour. Maybe the very last game of the season. I think it would be a really nice place for the club to leave it. They could do some really good sort of um, promotional stuff for next season. You know, you could kind of build it up from there, couldn't you? Um, Steve's back, that sort of thing. So yeah, Yeah. I'd like to see that happen if he if he's fitting and well enough.
1: Yeah, definitely. Fingers crossed. He's he's doing well, and yeah, hopefully he'll be back soon. and then yeah, um so that's that's maybe let's have a, look, a little look at League One and, and close this pot off. Steel's
0: head to Steve Kerrigan. Steele gets the return pass and scores. The perfect one two. So up News Ollie. Um just before we move on to looking at the league table really to just confirm we're staying up and, and have a laugh at who's gone down. Um Yeah, there's a certain man, a guy called Leon Clark, I think he plays for the football club, I've not really heard of him before, Um, no, I'm joking, Um, yeah, he's out for the rest of the season, lol, Um, he's been out for the rest of the season for months as far as I was concerned, because he didn't get registered in the matchday squad, did he, Um, for for League One football, but apparently he's done another injury, I mean, essentially, as soon as that injury is reported, Leon Clark is gone, isn't he?
1: Yeah, it's a shame for him on a personal level. Um, obviously, I'm sure you don't want your career to end like this. Uh, it must be quite, quite. Tough Pretty impressive, but it hasn't really worked out this signing, has it?
0: No, it certainly hasn't. Um, and I was going to ask you, Ollie, who was the worst signing, Leon Clark or Steve Morrison?
1: Well, Leon Clark did get us three points mm. um, away at MK, uh, away at. Um, is it MK Don's? Then how, how naughty me away at Wimbledon. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think uh, Morrison's the worst signing. But you, the
0: two. What for value for money? Do you think we were paying Leon Clark the same money? Well, not in terms of value.
1: You didn't ask me if he was value <laughs> for money. So I just asked you said which was the worst. I think Leon Leon Clark got. got at least he scored and he got us three points, so fair I'll enough. Give it. And, and he defied the manager's orders as well um, by scoring a goal. And yeah, obviously Steve Sam Rickett said he didn't want that. Yeah, he said it was an to do what he did.
0: No, it's been a disastrous signing all in all for someone of that. You know, probably one of the more experienced players that we brought in. And I think when you look back, and everyone say he looked fat in those original photos, and the club said, no, it's just the way the shirt hangs. He's never been fit since he's joined this club, and he, he still isn't fit now because of his injuries. So. Whether he'll retire at the end of the season or not, I don't know. Um, maybe there'll be a club further down that would fancy the big name Leon Clark and he can get himself another payday. But, you know, we would be bonkers to be offering him a deal, to be honest with you, at League One level. So, um, yeah, he's going to be out the door. I think it confirms, it's probably maybe the first, you know, going out that's already confirmed, isn't it, Ollie? So, there we go. And talking of League One, um, yeah, where where is it all check out, Ollie? Who's down now?
1: Yeah, well, just worth noting that in this um, next season will be our seventh um, season in League One. Great. So, obviously, quite an established League One side now. I think that's fair to say. Um, Talking of the league, so Hull have been promoted. Um, They haven't won the league yet. They're four points ahead of Peterborough. Um, with two games left. Peterborough are four points behind them, so it's unlikely they'll catch Hull. But and Peterborough almost um, got automatic um, promotion sealed as well. Um, Sunderland in the last five games have, have lost three and, and drawn two, so that's not good for them mm. going into the playoffs. Um, talking of the playoffs, so you've got Lincoln, Oxford, Blackpool, Portsmouth, very much in in the playoff. run. there's three teams on sixty eight points, which is a bit mad. And then you've got Charlton, who's still got a small chance of getting into the playoffs as well. Um, So the playoffs should be quite interesting. I'll definitely watch those. Um, It'd be quite funny if Portsmouth played Sunderland, um, because (laughs) there's quite a bit of rivalry between those sides. Um, And then you've got loads of teams in mid-table, which goes all the way down to plymouth Argyle. I'd say. You know, we're all safe. So there's a lot of teams there from 9th down to 18th. Um, And you'd probably say now, wouldn't you, that um, AFC Wimbledon and Wigan are going to be safe. Um, their results are amazing. Both of them of one of four of their last five games, which is just remarkable.
0: And we're sixteenth, Ollie. That's the, the strangest yeah. thing about the league. It shook out in the last couple of weeks with everything going on. Um, we're above our dreaded seventeenth position, and in reality, it looks like sixteenth probably the highest we'll finish. I think Crew yeah. did concede late on, so they weren't quite as far ahead of us. I think they did concede late on to Rochdale. They're
1: six points ahead, and we got them. That's we could still catch um, Crew. We could and catch get, and Get fifteenth. Um, I would like us to beat fifteenth just for the the fact that. And then obviously means Steve Cottrell's got higher than Sam Ricketts mm, um, but yeah that. I think we'll finish 16th
0: yeah I should imagine so. well we, we could easily end up 17th it, I, it would be quite a poetic to finish 17th as well but yeah. that's fine and then we look below us yeah I agree you know, Rovers and Swindon are down aren't they uh, essentially now as yeah. you just said both that was um, confirmed this weekend which is which is, as I say you know, with everything that's gone on Joey Barton has been a thorn in our side Ollie every time we played Bristol or Fleetwood over the last few years we seem to have done pretty poorly against them don't we so to be honest with you I'm quite glad he's going to be out of the league because he always seems to do one over on us so, well he'll
1: either be in League 2 or in prison, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If so he stays there. So he's yeah. got a court case hanging over him. Oh, God. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that one goes.
0: And Swindon going down obviously means we retain the the rights as the best STFC in the football league. So always a always a treasured title that we look after. So they're back down to Division Two as well. So who who are you picking for the other two to go down, Ollie?
1: I think it's fair to say Northampton and Rochdale yeah, and they go down. It's going to be hard. Um, isn't I, it? Of, I think Wigan and, and Wimbledon have, have done so well. Um, to stay up now, I think. I think Wigan have got two games left. Rochdale, I've got three. Um, but I think you know, as Mark Elliott quite nicely said in there, as you said, they did a really good before the hour. Before the game was really good from Stewdon and Mark Elliott, and they were talking about how you know, to for those guys, those teams to stay up, they will have to win. And you know, they've only won eleven games this season. To just to to win two or three again for the rest of the season is, is a, a slim chance, I think. Um, so yeah, that, that's where the kind of the thought is. Just worth looking at the league, and at the next few weeks, we'll look at who comes down and and who comes up. Um, so that'll be something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, we won't do that now. A couple of exciting no. ones come in. I, I'm still hope, hoping out hopes of Derby completely messing things up because if <laughs> they come down, not only will they be you know uh, embarrassed to have come all the way down from the Premiership, but um they will be so financially ruined that I think they could just continue to drop like a stone, Bolton-esque, because they have so many debts and stuff and you know they don't own their stadium anymore and bits and bobs like that, do they? So kinda of hoping that um yeah, kinda of hoping Derby, Wayne Rooney's Derby gets sucked into it, that'd be good. Um but there we go. Predictions were obviously wrong again, Ollie. We were pretty negative last week after having lost two yeah. games. We were front for us to lose at Blackpool and obviously um they won. So yeah, what have we got this week, Ollie?
1: So this week um we are um playing on Tuesday night against Lincoln. Um, and then we've got Oxford again on Saturday. Um, so Oxford, obviously, in the, in the playoff hunt, so they'll be a tough, a tough game. Um, and Lincoln as well; um, they are in the playoff hunt as well, so they're well in the playoffs. So both two teams in the, who one is fourth and one is fifth, so that's pretty tough. Um, to a bunch of fixtures, but I don't know. I, I think with the fact that the pressure's gone a little bit now, and obviously you know the, the mental impact on players. Um, they won't want to. I don't think they'll give up now. and I think they'll be kind of given confidence from the win against Blackpool. Um, so I, I think we'll, I'm not saying we're going to win both games, but I think the players will play with a, a kind of a bit of freedom um, and less stress. So fingers crossed, maybe we can try and get some English this week.
0: I'm inclined to think that we'll do what we did, which was when we thought we were safe last time, we kind of came off it a little bit. And I, I don't think we'll be as good as we were against Blackpool. They'll be gritty, hard, close-fought games. We might nick a point, or we might lose them one-nil. You know, I can't see these being goal fests, to be honest with you, particularly with everything on the line for Lincoln and Oxford. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. I, I don't really mind these results. I wouldn't like us to lose all of the last games. You know, let's get a bit of pride out of some of these games. But if we're going to, you know, give youth lads a chance and try and experiment with things I don't really mind things going disastrously wrong as long as there was a reason for it Um, but you know know, both both these games are at home this week and we haven't won at home for a couple now have we we obviously lost those two games back to back so it would be nice to get one win Um, we're obviously predicting the Oxford game on Saturday so I think of the two having played them quite recently we'll obviously be a bit more familiar with how they played in that game I'd I'd go with us to get the the positive result in that one so I'll go for us to draw 1-1 against Oxford
1: Okay, cool so I think we'll lose against Oxford I think that I think that'll be too much for us. Um, so you're going one all, I'm going two one defeat. Um, which yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't be the end of the world. I'll, hopefully we'll see um, a couple of kids play or something yeah. like that. Will give us something Absolutely. to get excited about, um, and maybe the manager. So yeah, but it doesn't really matter now. Obviously performances matter, but results like don't matter too much now.
0: Uh, as I say, we're going away, I won't be able to watch that Oxford game, so I'll watch the Lincoln one. No, one. but yeah, we will. We will cobble together something as a podcast next yeah. week, Carly, won't we? We will. We'll probably. Do, we'll probably record the Lincoln game and have a bit of a chat about all things Shrewsbury Town, and then we'll try and get someone on to cover the Oxford game with you as well. So um, we won't leave it hanging, will we?
1: No, we'll definitely be. We'll be back next Sunday. Um, yeah, fifty percent Glynn will be here. Um, you've been dropped for one game uh, due to poor performances and um, yeah we'll be back again on, on Sunday
0: lack of commitment from the other week eh? it's, it's my punishment like the top six getting punished this is my punishment in all seriousness if I don't watch our Oxford game and there isn't a good enough Wi-Fi where I'm going um, which apparently there isn't that'll be the first league or cup game outside of the FL trophy I've not watched this season which is crazy really isn't it
1: yeah, it is, yeah, because <laughs> everything's been I follow. You just watched yeah. every single game.
0: Mad, isn't it? Yeah, so I've not. I've I like missed literally. This will be the first league game I've missed. It's the sec- second, third one from the end, isn't it? So there we go. I might end up watching it. But either way, I'm not going to be able to record with you. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yes, I think, sound fans, the main message is start to enjoy your summer now. We are officially safe. We cannot get relegated. Um and deep down, regardless of all the ups and downs this season, the lads did get us over the line. Um so yeah, we deserve we deserve a little week of relaxation and enjoyment, don't we?
1: Yeah, so fingers crossed we'll get something to mm. to enjoy this week this week. But um yeah, thanks for listening guys and um yeah we'll be back again next week. Oh!